Episode 18 Anna Sophia Christofferson. Anna Sophia Christofferson was born a few miles from Copenhagen, Denmark, on March 17, 1811, to Andreas Christofferson, a laborer and farmhand, and his wife Gertrude Stena Benson, or Bent's daughter. Andreas died at the young age of 38, leaving his wife and six-year-old daughter. Gertrude moved the two of them to Copenhagen in order to find employment. She managed to provide a living for the little family and a good education for Anna at the Garrison Lutheran Church School. After her graduation, Anna made the acquaintance of a nice young man living in the same building with her and her mother. He was a shoemaker by the name of Nikolai Dorius. He was six years older than she and had a hunched back, but with a pleasing personality and he was prospering in his business. They were married in the Trinity Church and eventually had nine children together. Carl, Carl, John, Emma, Augusta, Carolina, Rebecca, a stillborn baby, and Nicolina. The family was a happy one. The children remember being taught correct principles of thrift, honesty, soberness, neatness, love, respect, and devotion to each other and to associates. It was very important to Anna Sophia that her children receive a good education, as she had really valued her own. Carl describes his mother in his journal. She was a loving mother and she respected father. She would rise at four in the morning to get the boys breakfast which was served to them in bed because they had a long way to walk to school. She was very attractive, real artistic, and enjoyed the beautiful things in life. She was gifted with a fine voice, although she sang mainly just to her children, who seemed to inherit her love and talent for music. Under their home on King Street, Nikolai had his shoe shop, and later he added a room extending to the street to be a shop for Anna Sophia, who was a talented pastry chef and baker. Here she sold bread, buns, cookies, and pastries of superb quality. She had complete charge of this business in which she was very successful, and it was a great help financially to the family. The educated language, charming personality, and ladylike demeanor of this beautiful brown-eyed woman also helped to attract a well-to-do clientele. The shop was on the road to get to the king's palace and soon drew the attention of the king's chef. He would make arrangements for her fine pastries to be delivered at the palace. Before long, Anna Sophia was honored by being invited to assist with parties at the royal palace. This opened an irresistible new life of excitement and prestige which she wholeheartedly welcomed. Meanwhile, Nikolai was finding his life increasingly difficult. Tending both shops and to their family demands due to the engagements that kept Anna Sophia away. The children recall that heavy clouds seemed to be hanging over father and our hearts went out to him. Tensions mounted and a rift was created in a once cohesive family. Nikolai looked toward heaven to find comfort at this difficult time and in the fall of 1850 he found and joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, followed by two of their children. This was the justification Anna Sophia had been looking for to seek a divorce, which was granted on April 5, 1851. 
Husband and all of her children were left except for the baby Nicoline, who Anna Sophia took with her. Carl wrote in his journal, I am sorry to say mother took no interest in religion and isolated herself more and more from the family. Several times I took my sisters to see her, but she appeared to have lost the love and warmth a mother should have. The children all ended up joining the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints when they became of age, and one by one all of her family moved to America. Carl remembers a last visit to his mother. Before departing for Zion, John and I visited our mother in Copenhagen with our sweethearts. She was still bitter against the Mormons and Mormonism. Because of her pride, she walked ahead of me, John, and our fiancés when we went sightseeing through the city streets. Carl and John later returned to serve missions in Denmark and Norway. Carl tells, I went directly to see my mother. At first, she did not recognize me. I told her I had returned from America, bringing her news from her family. She was so overjoyed when she recognized me that she kissed me many, many times on the forehead. The next day she went with me to a meeting, and later I had the opportunity to visit our mother again. At that visit, her attitude toward the church had improved. She was more serious and had a better spirit. I was glad that her husband was willing for her to go with us to our meetings. Soon I took mother and my adopted sister Julia with me to Christiana for a visit. While there, on June 28, 1862, mother was baptized and confirmed. On the following day, Julia was baptized. Her sons were heartsick when Anna Sophia decided not to follow them back to America at that time. She eventually did come in 1874, sometime after her second marriage ended. Many members of the family had already passed on at this point, including Nikolai. Of this tender reunion, John simply recorded in his journal that our mother, Anna Sophia, is with us. Anna Sophia's adopted daughter, Julia, also joined the family in Utah in 1877. A grandchild shares the following memory on family search. November 5, 1879. Anna Sophia went with her son Carl to St. George. They traveled by horse and covered wagon. She was going to the temple in St. George to be endowed for herself and also to be sealed to her husband, Nikolai Dorius. Carl was also being sealed to his father, and his father was being sealed to Erastus Snow, the apostle and missionary responsible for bringing the gospel to this family and much of the Danish people. Brother Erastus Snow was there at the temple waiting for them. In Ephraim, where the family had settled, Anna Sophia soon established herself with considerable charisma as a proud mother and grandmother. Being quite a lady, she was fond of dressing up for get-togethers where coffee and Danish pastries were served. On her birthday, she wore a red geranium on her dress and baked a large stripper cake. All of the family and all of her friends were expected to come by. She loved music and the arts and never missed a performance when her sons performed. It was a well-known custom of hers to enter shows, musicals, and other public entertainment without a ticket. With a smile on her face, she would walk in without paying as she proudly said, 
I am Bishop Dorius's mother. She had been sick only a few days before she died peacefully on the 27th of June, 1895 at the age of 84.